pastor mentioned, he's been doing an awesome series on where are you living? And like he said, I'm going to be preaching come and dine, but really a subtitle could be what are you eating? It's important where we live. We know where we are seated spiritually, but it is vitally important as well that we eat the right things. I don't have to go into great detail. We just came through Thanksgiving and we're now in the Christmas season. And obviously the turkey is not the only thing that gets stuffed. You know what happens? We just put in all of this food and sometimes we're, we're full of candy and cake and, and pie and all sorts of things. Yeah. The other night, Pastor Mark, he loves gingerbread. And really that's one of the things that I don't, not real crazy about. I've never really been a big fan of gingerbread cookies or anything, but he said, Hmm, I could sure use some gingerbread cake. Well, you know, his wish is my command. Such a loving, submissive wife, I have to say. Anyhow, so I go in the kitchen and I happen to have all the necessary ingredients. So I whipped up a a gingerbread cake. He had a pretty good slice that night. And then uh, I think it was Friday. I was out doing a lot of things and I came home. About half of the cake was gone. And then today he just reported in that there was nothing left. So... We all know what it's like to have our special little treat and just keep eating it and eating it and eat it till we are completely full of ginger cake or we're completely full of fudge or whatever your thing is that you might really like. But unfortunately, if all we're doing is eating things in the natural and oftentimes this time of year, things that are not really that good for us, it's going to show up. And a lot of times show out. And we're like, whoa, I think I better, what happened here? The cleaner shrunk my pants. No, it's just, you know, the holiday, that time of year. But did you know that there are too many Christians that are eating the wrong thing? If we eat junk and only sweets and starch and all of that stuff in the natural, it does show up. And it affects how our body functions and how our body looks. But as believers, we do it all the time. We just feast on junk food. Or we have the attitude, well, I can go to church maybe once a month and get a quick snack and I'll be good for a month. But did you know that our Father intended for us to partake of His goodness every single day? I have been... um, Meditating on this passage in Psalms 23 for a few weeks now. And you know, Psalms 23 is not just a chapter that we're supposed to use at funerals. It's not just something that we're supposed to put on a beautiful plaque and put on our walls. This is vital information. So I want to start tonight by reading the entire chapter of Psalms 23. And they're going to put it up on the screen. We'll look at it in the King James Version. And you know, I think it'd be awesome if we all just read this together, the 23rd Psalms. And maybe you might say, well, I already I know it by heart, but it's good to read it. So let's read it together. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Then I love this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I get an amen? Amen. You know what we just did? We just fed our spirit. We just ate the word of God and wasn't it yummy. It's good to taste of the things of God and to remind ourselves of his promises to us. It gives joy to our heart, to our inner man. It's a lot more satisfying than going and eating something in the natural. There's oftentimes that we just are are craving something. Have you ever done that? You just think you're craving something and you go and you open every cabinet. You look in there, you open the refrigerator three or four times. No, that's not it. You eat this, you eat that. No, that's not it. I'm still craving something. I've had this happen to me before. And then all of a sudden it's like on the inside, you're craving me. You're craving the word. You're craving to be in my presence. There's things in the nat- nothing in the natural can satisfy like he satisfies. The longing soul. Amen. Well, I want to look at a couple of these verses in depth tonight. First of all, verse five, thou preparest a table before me. Let's look at this word prepare. It literally means to make or get ready for some purpose or event. And then I love this one to provide in abundance. God has provided for us in abundance. He has prepared a table for us. And on that table is everything that we will ever need or ever desire. He's a good God. He's an awesome chef. Amen. Have you, let, let me just provide you with an illustration here. Have you, what if you were going to have an awesome Christmas dinner? And you had guests coming. You'd invited them. They knew what time the meal was going to be ready. You spent hours preparing. Pastor found this statistic about Thanksgiving meal. He said, this thing said that you spend 12 hours preparing it and it's eaten in 12 minutes. That's kind of sad. So I was timing my family. No, you are not getting up at the table. After you've eaten in 12 minutes, we are going to sit here and we are going to talk. But you know, it's what people do that. They go through a lot of preparation for this wonderful meal, this great family gathering. Can you imagine if you've gone to all this trouble and your guests finally arrive and they walk in and they say, oh, the table looks lovely. It smells good. But you know, I'm not really hungry. I stopped at McDonald's on the way and had two Big Macs. Do you think you'd be tempted to get in the flesh? 
Well, I'd have to get pastor's tape from this morning, his CD, and listen to it because I would definitely get in the flesh. If I'd gone to all that trouble and they were so inconsiderate that they stopped and ate at McDonald's. I wonder if our father God ever feels that way. He's looking down and he's saying, I prepared a table before you. On this table is peace. On this table is joy. On this table is healing, which is the children's bread. And yet you're ignoring all the hard work. You're ignoring everything that I did for you. And you're eating junk. You're eating worry. You're eating fear. You're meditating on the lies of the devil. You're talking sickness and disease. And the father is saying, hey, stop eating that junk. Look at this feast that I have prepared for you. Our father is an awesome chef. Our father has the best of the best. On his table. Would you be disappointed. If I did invite. I said okay. I'm going to cook an entire meal. For the church. I'm going to do all of my special recipes. That pastor always boasts on. And the day come. And you hear all this noise going on. In the kitchen. And pastor saying. Oh man she's got this going. This going. And about an hour I come out of the kitchen. And I have paper plates full of hot dogs. <laughs> and potato chips. I don't think. I don't think the word disappointment. Would cover how you might feel. But I can guarantee you that when our father says, I'm preparing a table for you, it's not going to be hot dogs and bologna sandwiches. It's awesome what he has prepared for us. I like this passage, Psalms 23, 5 out of the message translation. Ooh, it's so good. It says, you serve me a six course dinner. Woo. That's awesome. That's a lot of food. You serve me a six course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessings. A good place to shout. Woo. He's serving us a six course dinner right in front of of our enemies. Every time I read this passage of scripture in any translation, it always reminds me of that old hymn, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitudes, turned the water into wine, the master calleth, come and dine. Do you think if he could take that little boys fish and loaves of bread and feed thousands of people. He can whip up a delicious feast for us. Hallelujah. We have not I have not seen, ear hath not heard what the Father has prepared for us. But if we will if we will tap into the spirit and if we will See 
by the eyes of faith. Oh, the things that he has prepared for us. He wants to reveal it to us. He wants to show it to us by his spirit, but we can't see it with the eyes of the flesh. We can't tap in to this wonderful bounty that the father has provided if we live in the flesh. But oh my, my, my. Yes. Oh, what a feast. Oh, what a bounty. Oh, what has been prepared and made ready for us. He's a good God. He's an awesome chef. Hallelujah. Great things. Are you hungry for the things of God? I like this scripture over in Psalms 107, verse 8 and 9. Oh, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. If you'll go through the Psalms, you'll see many verses that start with, oh, Oh, and it's an expression that the psalmist David was getting a revelation of the goodness of God, of the greatness of God. And there was no other way to translate it other than just say, oh, oh, how often did he say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, praise the Lord for he is good. Oh, bless the Lord. Psalms 103. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. That's how we ought to react when we get into the word of God and we see it just jumps off of the pages at us and it feeds our spirit. We ought to break it. No words to describe it. And all we can do is oh, oh Lord you're good. Oh Lord your promises are great and mighty. Great and mighty are you Lord. So this is what he said here. Oh that men would praise the Lord. For his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I know that people go through difficult times and I know that tragedy and all sorts of things happen. But one thing stands for sure and is forever settled in heaven. God is good. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, rejoice in the Lord our God. Always and again, I say, rejoice. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. No, God didn't bring the difficulty. God didn't bring the cancer. God didn't cause all these horrible things to happen, but he is still God and he is still good. And even in the midst of things that we don't understand, even in the midst of hard times, we are to lift our hands and to lift our voice and say, Oh God, I magnify you. God, I don't understand this. 
place, but I know of a surety you are good. And I will bless your name for I know that you always provide the way of escape. There is nothing that comes against me that you haven't already provided the way out. You have prepared a table before me, even in the presence of my enemy. So I am not going to magnify this difficulty. I am going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to praise you. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. In verse 9, listen to this. For he satisfieth. Everybody say, he satisfieth. Only Jesus satisfies. He satisfieth the longing soul. And he filleth the hungry soul with what? What is God? God is good. God is love. But God is goodness. God is gracious. God is merciful. And if people are hungry and call upon his name, he said, I'm going to fill the hungry soul with my goodness. Not with badness, not with sadness, not with sorrow, goodness, because God is good. There are too many people and oftentimes Christians that have their doctrine all confused. They're blaming God for all of these horrible things. And that's Ketro. And God is not the author of that. It's simple. I learned this as a little kid. If you could just keep this doctrine straight. God is good. The devil is bad. It's that simple. If it's bad, if it kills, if it steals, if it destroys, came from the pit of hell. Every good gift, every perfect gift cometh down from the Father above. Our Father is a good God. And when people are hungry and they call upon his name, he fills their life with goodness. He satisfies the longing soul. Anybody in here before you were born again, were you looking for something? Were you seeking? Were you searching in drugs, in alcohol, in relationships, maybe in a career, trying to find something that satisfied the longing on the inside? But how many of you discovered he satisfies the longing soul? Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we love you. We thank you that you satisfy us, Lord. You satisfy us and you fill our hearts with goodness. Hallelujah. Now let's look on down here and go back to Psalms 23. What happens when we eat at the Father's table? Let's look at Psalms 23 verse 6 in the Amplified. Surely, or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love 
shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. Through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Goodness, mercy, unfailing love. Pastor talked about love so much today. It was so strong. It was so anointed that we are to live the life of love. When we come and we feed feed at the Father's table, this is a promise to us. What's going to happen when we eat the right kind of stuff? When we partake of the promises of God, when we feast on the manna from heaven, This is a promise to us. If we do that, we're going to have goodness, mercy, unfailing love following us. It's going to be evident in our life. It's going to be showing up. If you're feeding on the goodness of God, guess what? His goodness is going to show up. If you're meditating on the favor of the Lord and he encompasses the righteous about with favor, guess what? Favor is going to show up and show out in your life. Whatever we're feasting on, it's going to be evident. It's going to be following us. If something or someone is following you, People are going to see it. If you're going down the street and maybe your dog got out and your dog is following you, somebody might say, you know, your little dog is following you. They see it. Well, people will see the blessings of the Lord following us. Thou hast prepared a table before me. And when I come and eat, surely goodness and mercy and goodness and unfailing love, it follows me wherever I go all the days of my life. When we eat the right food spiritually, shows up in our lives. Also, it tells us when we eat The word of God. You know what else begins to show up? His presence shows up. I will dwell in his presence forever. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me. And his presence is going to be evident in my life. When we eat the word of God, have you ever just opened your Bible Maybe a verse that you've read many times. I can't tell you how many, probably thousands of times that I've read Psalms 23. But just recently I was reading it and I'm just getting such good revelation off of it. And it's just his presence was on it. Have you ever read the word of God and you open it up and all of a sudden, whoo, overwhelmed by his presence. It pays To be in the word of God. And then I like another thought here about verse 5. In the Amplified. You prepare a table before me. Where's this table at? Is anybody here? Where's this table at? In the presence of our enemies. You know, spiritually speaking, all that God has prepared for us is in heaven, but we live right down here on this earth and we can tap in to these wonderful things on his table in our everyday life. But I love that it says 
in the presence of my enemy right in front of the devil and all those lies that he's saying to you he has given us the answer now I know you probably had a good mom I had a good mom and she always taught us it's not polite to eat in front of people. If anybody happened to show up at our house and we were having dinner, we were having supper. Supper is what we called it back in those days. We always had an extra chair. We had extra food. If we were eating, they were invited to come to the table and eat with us because it's not polite to eat in front of people. But you know what? We don't have to be polite to the devil. It's really good to eat in front of him. Thou preparest a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. We're to take our place. We're to take our position, pull up that chair, come to the father's table and feast and to eat. And the devil will be lying and causing all sorts of distractions. That's what he's, what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to get up from the table. He's trying to get you to leave your place. And he's watching when you're taking a big old helping off of that platter of peace. And he's saying, oh, I'd like some of that. You know what you can do? You can turn around and go, no, 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 no. You can't have any peace. Do you know why he brings so much torment into our lives and into people's lives? Because he's tormented. He's tormented day and night. And you talk about regret. Can you imagine the regret that he has to deal with? Oh, why did I ever try to exalt myself above God? Now I'm doomed in eternity, separated from God. Talk about lack of peace. Talk about lack of torment. So that is why he is a master at trying to get your peace and trying to get you in torment. Whatever he's full of, he's trying to put it off on us. Don't bite the bait. Don't buy in to the lie. When you're sitting at the father's table and you're feasting on that manna and you're just taking a big old helping of peace, and he's screaming over there. No, but look at look at what your kids did. Look at this. Look at the economy. Look at that. Oh my goodness, you don't have enough to do this. Oh my, you're not. Oh, you're not going to make it. He's over there yelling and trying to bring distractions to get you up from the table. Don't let him have your place. He'd like to have your place, but he's not invited to the table. He doesn't have a chair. And don't give him yours. That's why he said, I'm preparing a table before you right in the presence of your enemies. God knew, the Lord Jesus knew, the Holy Spirit knew that when we are sometimes, when you are trying the hardest to meditate on the word of God and to stand for something, that's when those lies will be bombarding you. If you can just get that picture on the inside of you, you know, I'm sitting at the table. That's just a lot of nonsense over there. That's just a distraction. He's just making noise, trying to get me up from the table. And I shall not be moved. I'm going to stay here and partake of what the Lord has provided for me. I will not be 
diverted. You know what's on the Father's table? Everything that we need. Now, I know from personal experience, just some of these ones I'm going to highlight tonight. This is recent that I have had the opportunity to pretty much act on all of these. And if you were honest, you could say the same thing. But let's just think for a minute. Let's meditate for a moment. Psalms 103, it tells us, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgiveth all of our iniquities, who healeth all of our diseases. And then he tells us, don't forget these benefits. What do you think's on the Father's table? These are just a few of them. Healing is on the Father's table. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. Anybody had an opportunity to stand on the word regarding being healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Me too, and I'm healed in Jesus' name. Just let me refresh your memory. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of his peace was upon us, was upon him. And with his stripes, what are we? What are we? With his stripes, we are. With his stripes, we are. With his stripes. stripes. Do you believe it? You know what you're doing when you're saying that? You're saying, pass the bread, please. Pass the healing bread. I'm going to take a big piece of the bread that is the healing for the children. I'm striped. I'm striped. I'm healed by his stripes. Amen. Anybody had any opportunity recently for some anxiety to attack you? Well, we already mentioned it, that platter of peace. But I love this verse in Psalms 119, 165 in the Amplified. This is a good verse to meditate on. If they can get up there on the screen, we can look at it together. Great peace. Everybody say great peace. Great peace have they who love your law, who love your word. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. You know, that's huge. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. How about no one will offend me or make me stumble? Even that relative that knows how to push the right or really the wrong buttons. We all have them. We all know people that it's just like, oh, oh, I will not be offended. I will not stumble. I'm not letting them take my peace. Because that's what happens when you get in strife. When you take on offense, the first thing to go is your peace. And it's not a good way to live if you're not at peace. You can't sleep at night. You got all sorts of physical things that begin to happen. So our attitude ought to be, I'm going to sit down at the Father's table. I'm going to take me a big helping from that platter of peace. And I'm not letting anybody take it from me. And I refuse to be offended. Right along in connection with that. Is strive. 
Strife presents itself to every single one of us. But what are we supposed to do in that opportunity? Take a big serving of love. How many of you were not here this morning? I think there's quite a few of you that were not. Let's look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I know pastor referred to this a lot, but I just feel right now just to read this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the Amplified Version. We're going to read verse 4 through 8. This is a good thing to meditate upon. Like I said, I've had ample opportunity. Hallelujah. Just recently to surround myself with these love scriptures. (laughs) First Corinthians chapter 13, verse four in the Amplified. Love endures long and it is patient and it is kind. You know, it's one thing to endure long and say, okay, I'm going to hold out faithful to the end. I'm going to put up with you because I don't have any choice. But I am not going to be kind about it. I am going to make your life miserable. No, love endures long and is patient and is kind. Love never is envious or boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. Anybody getting blessed yet? Let's keep reading verse 5. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmannerly, and it does not act unbecomingly. Love, everybody read that part with me. Love, God's love in us. Where's God's love? God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. Ooh, this one is huge. Huge. This is the one I have to work on a lot. It is not touchy. Ooh. Not touchy or fretful or resentful. Pastor said this this morning. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Ouch. Anybody else feel an ouch coming on? Verse 6. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Hallelujah. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. Why is God emphasizing so much to us right now about walking in love? I'll just make it plain. Tis the season. Tis the season to be with relatives. Tis the season to be in those long lines at the mall. Tis the season to put up with crazy drivers on the freeway. It is the time of year that Christians ought to be the happiest, but oftentimes we're most stressed out under a bunch of pressure, getting oppressed and depressed and letting people steal our joy and getting us in strife. But we ought to have the attitude, no way. I'm going to double up on my portion of love. Give me a double, please. I am going to, if I have to, paste these love scriptures all over 
my house. One of the best illustrations I ever heard was from Billy Brim. And she was talking about as she was learning to walk in love during her first years of marriage and just getting a hold of this. And she said, I decided I'd take those index cards of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and put them in the biggest place of attack. She put them inside her cupboards in the kitchen. Because her mother-in-law was an excellent cook. And Kent would come home sometimes and she'd slaved all day and have this wonderful stew on there. And he would say, hmm, it's pretty good, but why don't you call mom? Find out what she puts in her stew. And as you used to lip off and be a big scene, she'd go and open her cabinet. Love is not touching. Love takes no account of a suffered wrong. You can have the same opportunity. You might have a big meal plan and have all these people coming over and all you get is, hmm, the gravy is cold and the potatoes are lumpy. Well, what are you going to do? Go to, oh, excuse me, excuse me, I'll be right back. I got to get something out of the cupboard. Love is not touching. Love is not resentful. Love takes no account of an evil run. Go and sit back down. Hmm. Did you make pumpkin pie? No, I bought it. Wow. My mom always made pumpkin pie from scratch. Just a minute. Just a minute. I'll be right back. Love takes no account of a suffered wrong. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own ways. Do what you got to do. Anybody in the house relate? Partake of the love of God. It's in us, but sometimes we got to see the writing on the wall. Sometimes we've got to have those scriptures right before our eyes or we're going to get in the flesh, buddy. And we're going to say, you just go right ahead and you cook yourself Thanksgiving dinner yourself next year. You don't like the way I cooked the ham? Well, you know what? You know where the door is, buddy. It's a temptation. But we ought to have that attitude. Sitting at the table chewing on a turkey leg and they start talking about how dry the turkey is. (laughs) To yourself, love takes no account of a suffered wrong. No, I don't wish them ill. I don't want them to choke on the dry turkey. No, I'm believing the best. I'm entering into rest. You got to do it. We got to eat of the food that they know not of. (laughs) We have manna from heaven. We have the word of God that will feed our spirits and give us the victory. He always causes us to triumph regardless of what they might say or do. Amen. What else is on the father's table? I love this one. He said, there's joy in his presence. The father's table. And I don't know, for some reason, I've always seen it like this in my spirit. Maybe it's because of where I grew up. But I see, you know, we got the peace platter. We got the beautiful bowl with love in it. We've got the bread that healing for the children. And then I see this big old jug. You know how they in the old old shows where they have this big old jug. I see this jug sitting on the father's table and it says joy. Yeah. 
drink in of the joy of the Lord. In his presence is fullness of joy. Joy is on the Father's table. And there's his presence is on his word. So if you will take just the word and feast on the word, Jeremiah 15, 16, thy word was found and I did eat them and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Eat the word, drink in of the spirit of God and no demon from hell and no demon influenced relative or, or store clerk or anybody else will be able to get your joy. How else do we drink in of that joy on the father's table? Romans fourteen seventeen. for the kingdom of God. We've been talking about God's food What's on his table? It's not natural things. It's not candy and cookie. It's way better than that. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But what is it? It's righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praying in the spirit is one way that we drink and of the joy of the Lord. Acts 13, 52 says the disciples were filled with the spirit and with joy. Staying full of the spirit of God and drinking in of that refreshing from his presence will keep the joy of the Lord stirred up on the inside of us. I have a word for you in closing. The father is saying, eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink. And be merry from the Father's table this holiday season. And you will be happy. You'll be full of peace and full of joy. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you. Ha, ha, ha. We thank you that we have that honor and the privilege to eat at your table to drink in from the spirit of God and to be filled to overflowing with your goodness your goodness and your mercy following us all the days of our life hallelujah and where does that come it comes from my prayer Glory to God. Let's all stand and let's just let's just take a moment here and just worship him. Hallelujah. Just see what the Spirit of God would want to do. If there's anything else he wants to do in this service.